This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. Welcome to Living the Bible Together. We would love for you to visit our church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. This morning's text is coming from Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Again, that's Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. And I'll be reading the New International Version. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity for us to come together and to connect with you and with each other, God. We thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to openly study your word, O oh God. We ask that as the word goes forth this morning, Lord, that you will open our hearts and minds, God, that we may hear clearly from you, Lord, that we may submit to the work that your Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, oh God, and that we may move forward boldly in being the Christian that you have called us to be, that we may take on your identity so that we may be a reflection of you in this world as we do the work which you have called for us to do individually as well as collectively, in Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that we have here in our household and we have always had is a chore list. This list is comprised of the areas in the house outside of the bedrooms, because that's a must, that is supposed to be cleaned daily. This list, it has each area of the house that should be cleaned by each kid and it's broken down over the four weeks within a month. Now I must admit, admit that this list, it isn't something that we're sticklers about, but as long as the house is presentable daily, it's okay. However, when the kids, when they wanna go somewhere or they're attempting to have someone over, their chores must be done in a way that is over and above their standard. You see, typically when Montrell says, are your chores done? They'll reply yes. And then he'll counter their response with a done my way, meaning are they done up to his standards? This is usually about the time when the kid will turn back around and redo what they considered to be already done. They want to meet the standard. You see, when they originally completed the task, they were just attempting to get it done just to say that they did it. It met their standard and it was what they were considered to be done the right way. 
Many times what we'll find is that parents and children, they have separate standards. Their standards normally, they don't align. We'll find that due to entitlement, immaturity, and experience, and sometimes pure disobedience, children will miss the mark and make mistakes. You see, at times, it's even the same mistake. Can anyone relate? Making the same mistake, or any mistake for that matter, can cause one to want to give up. It will cause one to believe that they'll never get out of what seems to be a trap. It will cause one to believe that everyone around them is looking at them and laughing at them and sometimes even waiting on their downfall. Now I'm sure we can all think of a time or two when we have made a mistake. Typically when we think about these mistakes we go back to the times before we gave our lives to Christ or before we became what we call committed to Christ. But if we're all honest though, I'm sure we can come up with something recent in which we've missed the mark, amen? You see, I believe that there are standards that we set for ourselves and then as long as we meet those standards, the standards that we set, we believe we're good to go. And then if we're honest with ourselves, the standards in which we set for ourselves are sometimes seemingly lower than the standards that we set for others. This results in people attempting to live up to, to our standards rather than the standards that truly matter, which, is, which are God's standards. It's imperative that we all understand the standard in which we are attempting to meet. God's standard is so much more gracious and loving and forgiving than human standards. In Romans 9, Paul, he's attempting, he's attempting to explain this fact to the church at Rome. He advises them all that all of humanity has failed to meet God's standard. So no one was exempt. We were all, they were all a part of a group that had failed to meet God's standard, and so are we. There was no one exempt from this. There was no one that was perfect but Jesus. The great thing about that, though, is that God, he didn't just write us off or throw us away. You know, we don't just write our children off or throw them away when they don't meet, meet our standards, right? But see, God, he made a way for us. He made a way for us through Jesus. So get this. God, yes, God, the creator of all things, he knew that we had issues. He knew that we had issues. He knew that we were messed up. He knew this. And rather than us being rejected by him, by the creator, by the one true God, he provided a way in which we could be made right and he accepted us. But there were some, there were some in the church of Rome who set their own standard. They thought that because God gave us grace, that his grace, his, his kindness, his undeserving favor, that they were able to continue living in sin because this gave them permission. They saw grace as a permission slip to be able to do what they wanted to do. They thought they were able to continue doing that, meaning they took on the new name, yet they kept their old identity. Yes, God knew we needed help, and yes, he provided that help. However, Jesus came so that we could be made righteous, so that we could be made right. 
And once we accept Jesus, we have a whole new identity that we need to take on. Now this, it doesn't mean that we won't sin because we do still struggle with our flesh. This is something that we have to deal with on a daily basis. But what it does mean is we won't plan to sin. We won't plan to sin because when we plan to sin, it becomes more than sin. It becomes a way of life, a lifestyle. So our hearts must be changed. We must go through the process of taking on the new identity which was given to us through Jesus Christ. And because sin is supposed to be accidental and not intentional, we have to spend that daily time with the Lord in his word and praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. And not only do we spend time in his word, but we have to know the word in order for us to be obedient to the word. So knowing that we struggle with our flesh and we are prone to sin, we must be intentional. We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional about what we do, how we think, what we say. We have to be intentional because sin, it will take us out. Sin's job is to take us out. It's to separate us from who God has called us to be. It's to stop us from fulfilling the calling in which God has called for us to complete. Because it'll take us out. It'll take us out of our identity in Christ. It'll take us out of our character and it will take us out of God's will. So sin, sin will cause us to see unclearly. It will cause us to follow after those things which lead to destruction, all while those things are feeling good to our flesh. So then what happens? What happens when we find ourselves on the wrong path? Because again, I'm sure we can all relate. We all have been there. So what happens when we find ourselves on the wrong path? We, we may not like talking about it because sin is not something that we like talking about. But sin is a necessary conversation because sin separates us from who we are and what we are called to do. Sin separates us from God. And if we don't talk about it, we'll find ourselves on the wrong side of victory. Now, I'm not saying it's supposed to feel good when we talk about it because anything that separates us from God does not feel good. When we come to our senses and realize that we have been going the wrong way, it doesn't feel good. But then more than talking about it, we need to act on it. We need to act on it regardless of the shame and the embarrassment that we may feel. We have to let that go because remember, God is quick to forgive. But we have to do more than talk about it. We have to act on it. We need to take a look at it and see where we are, see how we got there and what we need to do. We must take a hold of the sin that tries to come into our life or that has come into our life. We have to take a hold of it before it takes a hold of us. Sin will take a hold of us and it will toss us and throw us every which away. It will take us and throw us every which way except the way in which God has for us to go. Sin will haunt us. Sin will press us down till we feel like we can't get up anymore. And so what happens? What do we do when we find ourselves in a situation then where we have found ourselves separated from God? Again, we must take hold of the sin in our lives before it takes hold of us. Because guess what? We have work to do. The Lord, he has called the church to go. He has called us to act. He has called us to be intentional. But we can't do those things if sin is lingering in our lives. Which leads us to this morning's topic, 
starting over. Let's look at verse 12. It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evils, evil, its evil desires. When we start over, we'll watch what we let in. Notice I said earlier that sin, it feels good to our flesh. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds good. Those are the things that we have to be intentional about. We have to watch what we are letting into our lives, into our bodies, into our ears, into our minds. We have to be intentional. It says, therefore, do not let sin, meaning we have an obligation to take control. It says, do not let sin, meaning we have to be aware that there is sin, that there's something that, that's attempting to separate us from God and his will from, for our lives. When we don't have that awareness, then we'll find ourselves going in different directions and not knowing that we are going in the path opposite of what God has called us to. And so we have to be intentional about it because it's not just going to happen. We have to make the choice to choose those things which are for God. We have to make the choice to go in the direction and follow the path in which God has called us to. So you say, how do we do it? It starts with our heart. Notice he said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire. What's in our hearts? Because when we give our hearts to God and we allow the Lord to rule in our hearts, when we take in the word and we obey that word and we follow that and we move forward in the things in which God has called us to and the ways in which he has called us to, then we'll find ourselves on the right track. We'll be able to identify those things that are attempting to stop us and attempting to break us down. We'll be able to identify those things that we shouldn't be allowing in our space, those people that shouldn't be in our space, those activities that we shouldn't be taking part in. Because if we realize that some of the people aren't so bad and some of the activities aren't so bad, but once you get involved in them just a little bit, it'll take us left center field. And so sometimes we can't even dabble around the area of certain people and certain things because those things will lead us in a, down a path of sin and will lead to destruction. If sometimes we'll take a look back at some of the choices that we made, and it all starts in the beginning. In the beginning, there was nothing wrong when we started, but then we'll find ourselves in a place and say, how did I get here? How did I get to this place? It started off one way and ended the other. It's because we aren't intentional about those things that we are letting in. And so we have to be intentional because listen, when you find yourself being obedient to the evil desires, then you're not going to be obedient to righteous righteousness. And so we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. Is it God or is it sin? And every time that every time that we are obedient to God, it's not always going to feel good because obedience to God, it takes us out of our comfort zone. Obedience to God causes us to do things that he wants us to do rather than things that we want to do. So then we have to make that choice. And we have to understand that our outward action, it usually results from inner passions and lusts. It, it results from those things that are within in our mind and in our heart. So we have to make the choice to do what God is wanting us to do. We have to make the choice to keep things out of our lives that's going to jeopardize our relationship with God. 
And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what am I letting in? We have to ask ourselves this, the question, am I going to let sin control my life? Because that's what sin wants to do. But we are, we are empowered through the obedience of God's word. We are empowered when we are taking God's word in. And then once we see, have that revelation or we have that unction or that feeling that something isn't right, we'll be able to be obedient to God's word. And being obedient to God's word is what empowers us to get past those things that are trying to take control of our lives. There is nothing, absolutely nothing right about sin. It feels good. It looks good and it's so easy to get into, but there's nothing right about it. And so we have to start with our heart and we have to be aware that there is something that attempt, that's attempting to separate us from God and his will for our lives. And we have to be intentional about what we are letting in into our lives into our spirit, into our hearts, and to take it a step further into our homes, into our circles, into our children's lives. We have to be intentional. What are we letting in? A great example of this is some of the cartoons that they have out for children now. If we think about cartoons, we'll think about Saturday morning cartoons, and that's just the mindset that we have when it comes to cartoons. But now... Some of the cartoons that they have is a setup leading our children astray, away from God. Even some of the names of the characters are some of the names of people that were, uh, that were wicked in the Bible. And so we have to be careful what we are letting into our children's lives as well as in our lives. The TV can't always be the babysitter because the TV then becomes what the children looks to as guidance. Some of the music that we listen to, we, we need to stop because it's leading our mind elsewhere. Some of the TV shows that we're watching, we need to let go because it's leading our mind elsewhere. And so we have to be intentional about what we are letting in. We have to be intentional about being obedient to the Lord or being obedient to our flesh. We have to watch what we let in because what we let in can be detrimental to the calling that God has on your life. It can be detrimental to what you are doing. It can be detrimental to the people in which God is calling you to reach. And so we have to be careful what we let in when we're starting over. We don't wanna end up in the same place. We're starting over because we didn't get it right the first time. And so we're gonna start again. We're gonna make some changes so that we can get to the place in which we should be. And so starting over is an opportunity, but we don't want to do the same things that we did before because we'll end up in the same place that we ended up last time and we won't be successful in moving forward. So we have to be careful in what we let in. One of the things that I also had to be careful with during this whole pandemic thing is I had to be careful that I wasn't letting the, the government speak more into me than I was hearing God. I was so faithful to click in at two o'clock to hear what the, what the governor had to say. But then I found myself listening more to what the governor was saying 
than what God was saying. Because again, God is in, in control of everything. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to the governor and I do still listen to the governor. However, I listen to God first. And so we have to be intentional that we aren't letting voices that are less powerful become more powerful in our lives, more powerful than the voice of God, more powerful than the word of God, more powerful than the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be careful that we aren't allowing the government or other voices to become louder than God, causing us to go in one way when we should be going another. Amen. So let's look at verse 13. It says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So when we're starting over, we'll be the right instrument. You know, because it says we were brought from death to life, we now understand the difference. There's a difference in being dead spiritually. There's a difference in, in having life spiritually. And so we'll be intentional. Again, this is something that was stated in the last point, but it starts off in verse 13. Do not offer any part of yourself. So again, we have an obligation. We have an obligation here. We have to be intentional. And if we aren't intentional, then we'll find ourselves offering parts of ourselves as instruments of wickedness. We'll find ourselves um, dealing with people, places, and things that we shouldn't. We'll find ourselves offering ourselves to the things that are evil rather than the things are good that are good. And so we want to make sure that we are volunteering, that we are offering the parts of ourselves to God. Because we don't want to find ourselves in a place where we are offering ourselves, we become depleted, but we're offering ourselves in a place in which we shouldn't even be. And so we want to make sure that we are offering ourselves to God, that we are being his vessel, that everything that we do, everything that we say, everywhere that we go is aligning with what he has called us to. And when we do that, when we become the right instrument, we will be able to take control of the sin that attempts to come in our lives. We sometimes keep ourselves out of certain places, but our ears are there. We may not be physically there, but our ear is there. And so sometimes we need to close the ear. Don't offer any part of yourself as an instrument of wickedness. There's times where we want God, we want him to move the fleshly desires and lust from our lives, but we have to make that choice because see, he did his part. But now it's up to us to make a choice. We said yes to him, but now that we said yes to, the, to him, we have to take on this new identity, which means each and every day we have to make these decisions because we are going to be tempted with wickedness and it's not going to look wicked. That's why it's imperative for us to stay in our word and stay in communication with God because wickedness does not always look like wickedness when it presents itself. And then some of the things that we attempt to call wickedness isn't. And so we have to make sure that we are being a tool of God, that we are leading people to life, that we are leading people to life, that we are leading them from death to life. When we are a tool of wickedness, it, that leads to death. That's taking people and things away from God. And our fruit will be, our fruit, our fruit it will reflect 
who we're offered to, who we're volunteering for, who we're volunteering as an instrument for. The things that we have producing in our lives, it will reflect if we're a tool of God or a tool of wickedness. And so sometimes we need to re-examine ourselves. We have to do and continue to do self-examinations because again, sometimes we may offer ourselves to a tool of wickedness, not realizing that it's wickedness. And then other times we may offer ourselves to other things. And it's not that the thing is bad. It's just not the thing that God has for you to do. And so we can find ourselves offering ourselves to people, to things, to places, to habits. And that's not what God has for you. And so rather than you being in a place where God has you, you're in another place. The place may not necessarily be bad, but it's just not for you. And sometimes we don't recognize it because it's not, not a bad place. But we have to stay on the path that God leads us to. And when we are an instrument of him, we'll continually follow him. We'll continually ask the Holy Spirit to search us, to show us where we are. Show us our hearts, Lord. Because we can't always be 100% honest with ourselves. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit, show me me. At times there were there were times where I thought I was um, at one place, and when I had to, when I did a self examination, I found that I was not where I thought I was. There were some things that had to be reworked, and so we have to make sure that we're staying aligned with the Lord so that we can be the right instrument. We don't want to be the wrong instrument. We don't want to be the person that's leading someone else to destruction. We want to be the right instrument. So when we're starting over, when we're trying to get it right, when we are getting that redo, when we didn't get it right the first time, we want to be the right instrument the second time. We want to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. If I'm a hammer, I can't try to be a screwdriver. I need to be a hammer. So we have to know the instrument in which we are, and we have to walk in that, that instrument. We have to do what that instrument is supposed to do. Because again, I can't be a screwdriver if I'm a hammer. I can't be a tool of God if I'm being a tool of wickedness. Amen. So lastly, let's look at verse 14. It says, for sin shall no longer be your master, but you are not under the law because you are not under the law, but under grace. So when we're starting over, will embrace new ownership. So unlike the, the Roman church, they thought that they could just take on the name and still do what they wanted to do. But when we embrace new ownership, that means we submit to Jesus's rule over our life. That means we'll submit to his rule. That means we'll be obedient to the word. And while we're being obedient to the word, word the desires of the flesh will diminish. The flesh will not have such a strong hold on us the closer we get to God. Not saying that you won't be tempted because you will. Not saying that you won't have them because you will. But it won't be as strong. When you embrace new ownership, then you'll be able to let go of what had a hold of you. Those things that attempt to weigh you down and hold you down and pull you back. Because your power will come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will empower you, will lead you, will guide you. The Holy Spirit will make your path clear for you. 
The Holy Spirit will be what's in control of your thoughts, what's in control of your heart, what's in control of your actions and your words. So when we start over, we have to embrace new ownership. Understand when you have new ownership, they're not going to do things the way that the old owner used to do them. There's some restructuring that has to take place. And when there's restructuring that's taking place, we have to adapt to that restructuring. We have to learn new ways of walking, new ways of talking, new ways of thinking, new ways of moving forward. We have to embrace new ownership because God is in control. And when we give our lives to him, when we want to start over, when we want that fresh start, when we want to do the things that he has called us to do in the way in which he has called us, then we'll want to be aligned with him and we'll want to connect with him and we'll want to get in the huddle. And when we make a mistake, we'll go back to the owner and say, I didn't quite get that right. Did I understand it correctly? Or I think I understood it correctly, but I still think I messed up. We go back to that owner and because we have the grace, his undeserving favor, he'll lead us back in the right direction. And so when we start over, we'll watch what we let in will be the right instrument and will embrace new ownership. There's times when we all need a fresh start. At times we have to shut down so that we can restart. Just shut everything down so that we can restart. But if we think about it, we aren't going to do the same things that we did before. We don't want to end up back. We don't want to end up in the same place. We want to be aligned with the Lord and where he has us. We want to be walking in victory. We want to be aligned with his purpose. We want to be aligned with what he is doing here on the earth. And knowing that we are here in this earth, but that doesn't mean that those that have the the titles and that that makes the decisions here on earth are aligned with him either. So that's why we have to make sure we are staying aligned with him so that we know his heart. We know where he has us. We know what he wants us to do. We have to stay aligned with the Lord so that we can walk in victory. Remember, we have to defeat sin daily. We have to fight our flesh daily. This is not something I can do today and I'm good for the rest of my life. This is daily that sin is going to attempt to separate me from God and his plan for my life. I can't do what I want to do. I can't have my way. I can't act like a stubborn child, but I have to get in alignment with the Lord because my new identity is in him. When I was walking in the old ways, I did what I wanted to do. I made my own decisions and I found myself on a path of destruction. But now when I align myself with the one who is in charge, the one in whom I want to get victory through, the one in whom I want to represent and have his identity, I have to stay aligned with him. I have to know what he's saying in his word. I have to know what was done. I have to know what wasn't done. I have to know what worked. I have to know what didn't work. Because if I have the opportunity to start over again, I want to do it right. I want to do it his way. I want to be aligned with him so that I can reflect him. And so I can get my job done, the job in which he has entrusted me 
the job in which he has allowed me to do. The job in which can't no one do except for me because he called me to it. So just know, don't be discouraged when we find ourselves in sin and we find ourselves going on the wrong path. Because starting over is an option. It's an option for everyone. We have our brothers and sisters in Christ that can encourage us along the way, that can pray for us, that can give their testimony on some of the things that they have gotten through. We have the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us in all truth. And we have the word of God that tells us what we should and shouldn't be doing. That tells us of God's grace, that tells us of God's mercy, that gives examples for us to follow. But just remember, don't give up. Starting over is an option. God has a plan for you. And now is the time for us to do it. Amen. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Baptist Church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you and have a great week.